Welcome to Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Jay Wald, and this is season two, episode 31. And today, you know who we have, Don? No. Do does he need an introduction? Uh, not really. Yeah. I, I, I like to call him the voice in the wilderness. The voice in the wilderness. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to, I like to do very that, much. but we wanted to bring back our, 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 our very own principal, Robert Stevenson. Welcome. It's nice to be here today. Awesome. We appreciate that. And Don, it's always a special to have you on because you, I say, uh, I don't know if you watched uh, the movie, um, Which movie, what movie, the one what with movie? the elephant and the sloth. The elephant and the sloth, what movie is that? Ice Age. Ice Age. Ice Age. Even he told the elephant, you complete me. Oh, <laughs> you're <cute. laughs> I just thought I would add that in there. Yeah, you, you make everything possible. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, we want to thank all our podcast listeners. They take every week to listen to whoever speaks. And I know they'd be blessed. But as always, any questions, any concerns that you may have, you please send it to via WhatsApp at 954-388-8780. And as always, let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this Sabbath day, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. We are not worthy in any way, shape, or form. But we want to thank you for the grace and mercy. We thank you for the message that was given today, Lord. But I thank you for the fact that we can boast about you in many ways, Lord, as our, our principal spoke about, Lord. But most of all, thank you for this podcast. Thank you for the components. And thank you once again for the blessing that will be going out somewhere, anywhere out in the world. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All righty. You are not alone. You are not alone. Why did you come up with that title? You know, um, it's just I think sometimes as as Christians, uh, we can feel like we're the only one. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes even in our own families. And, and it actually happened to me. I went uh, to a, a recent family reunion mm -hmm. where I realized that my wife and I were the only two people there not drinking. Mm -hmm. And wow. everybody there had grown up in the church mm -hmm. and it, it was heartbreaking to me. It really, it really was. It broke my heart in, in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I needed reassurance for myself that I wasn't alone, mm -hmm. you know, and that God is, is, is with us and that we are going to uh, stand firm till the end of time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, take us back now. We're going to Elijah. He's coming in King Ahab, this evil man here. And, you talk about presence. What 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 brought that about? Because you're talking about the king's food, and and then you mentioned about the ravens and the crow. Give me the, the difference between that. You talk about this raven and this crow. They're both bird large birds, but what's the difference? Well, it, it it's it both both crows and ravens are pretty intelligent, mm -hmm. but 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 ravens are much larger. They're much stronger, and and the, and and they. They have the ability to speak. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're highly intelligent and highly trainable. In fact, when you when you study ravens, they'll mimic a dog's bark yeah. to the point where people will open the door to see if their dog is outside. Because, but it, it, you know, so, so so they're just uh, one of God's more remarkable um, creations. Mm -hmm. And then the way God used. The, the ravens mm -hmm. to minister to one of his people, mm. which would be, which is a fairly unexpected way to do it. You know, the, the way he went to the woman's house in Shaniam is more to be expected. You go to another person's home, yeah. but where, where God will take care of us in, in whatever way he sees fit mm. to make sure we're being taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, and that he, he chose at the beginning of his um, exile mm -hmm. to choose the, um, 
the, the, the natural world mm -hmm. to take care of him in, in, in that situation. You, you made a point before you get to yours, Don. You made a point about how you see that it's not just seven-day ministry in the kingdom, but it's the fact that you said that there are other people outside of the faith that will be more willing to help yes. quicker. Yep. That stood out to me. Yeah, That really stood out to me, the hottest woman as well. And people in this world, because you were saying that, not of the world, but I mean, you have the presence. And that's why I liked about Elijah, because his presence was when he walked in, people just, it's like this aura. They knew, exactly. Right. He, he walked in with the confidence right. of somebody who walked with God. Yeah. And, and I think that when we walk with God, people can see the difference. Amen. And we should desire that. We should desire that people see the difference, not in a self-righteous way, mm -hmm. but just in, in a desire to be able to um, promote the power of God, not just by words, mm -hmm. but by deeds, actions, and bearing. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important. Amen. Amen. You shared um, a little about the generations of your your family mm -hmm. all of them were pastors and next generation and next generation but you're saying that now in your family now the younger generation is not choosing to go down that line yeah do you think that nowadays we have expectations on our children to do certain things that we would think are more more in line with what God wants us to do, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, what they choose to do? I, I think as parents, whatever our children choose, mm -hmm. as, as long as it's not a godless choice, mm -hmm. um, we should support them as best we can. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for me, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say for everybody, mm -hmm. For me, I try to maintain a, a, a gentle pressure to be a servant of God on my children. It's not by it's not anything I say. It's by my similar to Elijah's my bearing and my behavior when I'm with them. Right. That when if, if they're choosing to do something that is outside of that, I, I don't scream and shout. I don't yell. I don't tell them they're going to hell. I just quietly excuse myself. Mm. And then they say, where's dad? Mm. And then somebody will say, um, we're behaving in a way that's inconsistent with what dad thinks is appropriate. Mm. And so by my lack of presence, they realize I'm making a stand. Mm. Almost like be, be, around, doesn't it? Because, <laughs> because I have adult children. Yeah. My children yeah. aren't, aren't babies anymore. Right, right. I, I only have influence, no authority. You know, once your children get to a certain age, we've got to realize as parents, we have influence. We no longer have authority over them. And so I use my influence. And so there'll be certain get-togethers that they will plan mm. where I will just say, you know, um, I'm so sorry, I, I can't make it to that because mm. I'm aware that mm. some of the things that are going to go on there mm. are, are inappropriate. And then they will ask, well, why isn't dad here? And then mm. somebody will say, dad's not here because we're doing this. But I don't yell at them. I don't scream. I don't, I don't say a word. I just speak by my presence because my children do, you know, my children do want me there. Right. But they understand that me there, there's a price involved. And the mm. price is that what is going on has to be consistent with the Advent truth and the Bible or else I cannot be part of it. You know, that's very powerful because 
as our children get older, yeah. the tendency is still to tell them, don't do this and you know better mm. because I raised you right. a certain way. <laughs> right. And we tend to go down that road with them and then we have this distance where right. our children don't want to be around us because we're constantly telling them the same thing over and over again. And so that's that's a very powerful it, way of... You know, I was thinking about because I, things, growing yeah. up it is because his mm. lack of presence mm. spoke more volume. Yes. But yes. I'm saying to myself, it's like, I grew up in in your face, mm. 70s and into the 80s, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where presence mm -hmm. meant a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother could look across the church mm -hmm. and just look. Mm -hmm. I know what time it was. Mm -hmm. I knew what the consequences were. Mm -hmm. You do it now, it's like, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's powerful by you just by seeing that, then you would just not be there. And mm -hmm. What's that? Powerful. That is, yeah. that is very much so. You, you spoke about believing and receiving. Mm. Mm -hmm. Elaborate on that just a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, we just got to realize that just believing in something w without life change mm -hmm. is meaningless. Right. We've got to recognize, as, as I pointed out in my sermon, that the devil believes. Yes, so we're no better than the devil when we believe. I mean, we, we really aren't. I mean, you're to think, well, just because I believe that I'm better than Satan. No, you're not. The devil <laughs> believes. The devil trembles. Yes. Where, where, when Christ was on earth and, and, and he came into contact with demons, they came trembling and saying, have you, please don't come to throw us into the abyss early. Yeah. They knew who he was. They knew he was the son of God. They recognized his authority. Um, but they refused to change. Okay. Um, and so... When we walk by faith, faith is truly a walk. It's an action. As I said, it's a verb. Mm -hmm. It's what we do. We live a faithful, faith-filled life. Yes. And, and, and in that, we've got to recognize that that means there's fear and tension. Mm -hmm. Because faith is relying on a power bigger and more, and more abundant than what we have, possess, or are capable of understanding. Mm -hmm. And so when you're relying on something beyond your ability to understand, there is a natural stress and fear that comes as a result of that because you yeah. mm -hmm. cannot figure out how it's going to work. Mm -hmm. You just have faith that it will. Mm -hmm. So in that in, in that un level of unknown, yeah. it's natural that there's going to be a level of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. You are certain that it's going to work out, but not knowing how, especially for me, not knowing how is hard. Yeah. You know, I've, 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 I've gone to places and done things and the Lord has called me to do things where I didn't understand how it was going to work. Mm -hmm. I just decided I was going to do it. Yeah. And it's been, it's, it, I think it's been a bigger struggle for my wife actually than me. And it's not that my wife lacks faith. Please understand when I say it, it doesn't. But that's a hard life to live, yes. you know. And when it's just me, it's okay. Because if we end up on the street and I believe God's there, I'm not worried. But, but, but I think that's harder on a woman. I just think it is. And it's not saying anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not being misogynistic in saying that. I just think it's harder. Um, and so um, it, it's uh, being married to me has been a challenge for my wife <laughs> because because I've, I've, I've and but if we can point back I have sometimes I've got to sit down because it's been you know 30 years that I've been in this line of work mm -hmm. and we have to sit down when, when have we ever been homeless Amen. when haven't we been able to pay our bills Amen. when haven't have we had food on our table when haven't we been able to care for our children mm -hmm. you know all that stuff fell into place when we just stepped out and did mm -hmm. um 
And that's the other thing with faith, is faith only grows when we do, you know. We, 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 we keep on saying, Lord, build my faith. Well, he builds our faith by us going out by faith and doing stuff. And then we can go back and look at how it's happened in the past, yeah. and we know what's going to happen in the future. But if we sit on the couch and do nothing, expect God to, 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 to build our faith, it, 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 you know, it's just like, saying, um, I'm going to go to the gym and watch people work out, but yeah. I'm not going to lift any weights, yeah. and I'm going to hope to get in shape. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Also I mean, there. there are some people that are fun to watch work out. Don't get me I wrong, know, right? but you are you are, you are are not going to yeah. reap the benefits until you get under that bench press yourself. Yeah, Participate, right. yeah. Right. yeah. That's right, that's right. Okay, so in your sermon, you stepped on a few toes slightly. Can I say a little different? No, I stomped on he smashed. He smashed. He smashed. I'm going to that. He smashed. He smashed. Adventist education. Adventist education. Why do you have this passion? I mean, you're in this line of work for so long, but why? What is at the root of this passion that you have for Adventist education? It's because I've, over the years, Again, walking by faith and in this line of work, I've seen the difference. Mm. And I have not so much a passion for Adventist education. I have a passion to see our young people in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And there are some who go through Adventist education who won't choose to mm -hmm. go. Just like in a perfect Garden of Eden with God as their personal teacher and guide, mm -hmm. the first man and woman made some very, very foolish choices that mm -hmm. threw us all, you know, in, into a mess. Okay. Mm -hmm. But your chances are much better if you've been in Adventist education. Mm. Much, much better. And I, I, I can't help it, but I fall in love with my students. I mm. love my students. I mean, I, I know that sounds weird, and every school principal says it, but, but man, I lay in bed just dreaming about wonderful things happening for my kids, mm. and I know that wonderful things aren't going to happen for them if they're not walking with Jesus Christ. Um, and, and I have, over the years... I've had, you know, Adventist pastors who thought, well, you know, because of family arguments, they've had one child or another who they decide to put in a local yeah. Christian school. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they've had one child or another that they put in the Adventist school. Yeah. And in the end, without fail, they have lost the child. They haven't put an Adventist education to the, to the church. Without fail, without fail, that has happened. Mm -hmm. and, and I had one pastor who I worked on when I was in the Ohio conference. I preached in his church. His daughter went to my school. His son didn't. His son met a, a nominally Christian girl in the school. They started dating. So that means later on they couldn't put him in the Adventist school mm -hmm. because he had the, the girlfriend. They ended up getting married. They ended up getting divorced after the divorce happened. The, the son didn't know enough about Adventism to even want to come back. And one of the things that our mm. schools do is we teach them where home is. Okay? Our kids need to know where home is. They need to know how to get there. And they may fall away. They may fall away. But the prodigal son mm. knew where home was. Amen. Okay? Amen. And that's what our schools do. And they know how to get there. And they start mm. to understand it. And sometimes it takes a while before we realize that the Ten Commandments aren't a bunch of do's and don'ts. Mm. That's God's blessing. Mm. The Ten Commandments themselves, the law of God is his blessing. Mm. God has a reason why he asks us to do everything. Mm. You know, I have a friend, why, you know, why, why don't you eat pork? You're just so crazy, you don't eat pork. <laughs> I said, take a steak and pour Coca-Cola on it and watch the worms crawl out. 
Mm, mm, mm. Just do it. So they poured it, they soaked it, and then the worms just started come crawling out of the steak. I said, do you like the thought of eating worms? No, that's kind of gross. That meat is embedded with worms and parasites. There's a reason why the two religions connected to Abraham mm -hmm. refused to eat meat right. because they learned from the one true God that this is pure filth that you're putting in your body. God's not holding back. God's protecting you. Amen. Learn to trust him. And, and, and that's an important message that kids need to learn. And unfortunately in the world we're living because parents get so busy and things start going and life happens and we've got so many distractions. They're not necessarily hearing at home the way they should. But if you put them in school, that's talking consistently with the church and at least the busy parent can support what's happening in those two. Mm -hmm. So the kids feel supported at home. At the worst case scenario, that child's gonna have a better chance of being saved. You mentioned about the teachers having more influence than the parents. Yeah, yes, absolutely. They do. They do. And I'm hearing you saying why now, mm -hmm. you know, the impactful and how they respond. Mm -hmm. And then of course their outcome is great, mm -hmm. you know, comparing that. But what would you say to a parent that's just starting out, deciding to still want to go into public school? And they're saying, what about this Adventism? Well, I mean, what can they make it better? What would you say yourself? Again, I, I would point out, where does their faith lie? Mm -hmm. Do they believe Jesus is coming again? I mean, do they really believe? Mm -hmm. do, do they want to make sure that their child has every opportunity? They may not choose. They may not. I've seen kids go through Adventist schools from kindergarten through 12th grade mm -hmm. and still choose not to. Mm -hmm. But do you want to give them the best chance to be able to make that choice? Mm -hmm. And you can put them in any other school and you're not putting them in a place mm -hmm. where they can make that choice. And, and on, on top of that, on top of that, kids who attend Seventh-day Adventist schools, K through 12, bar none, have the highest four-year college graduation results of any other school system in the world. Wow. In the world, okay? Yeah. So th th there are things that test scores can't, can't test for right, right. that we teach in Adventist schools. Mm -hmm. the, the culture of Adventism and all those things is the culture of success, both spiritually and earthly. Mm -hmm. And and so when you do that, you you are shortchanging because you know th this great American Heritage School right here, yeah, yeah. they don't have a better college graduation result than any other Adventist school mm -hmm. for all the extra money you pay to go to Heritage, mm -hmm. and it's a virtually godless institution. Mm -hmm. So why put your child at a place where God isn't there? And they don't have any better chance of success than if they go to a Seventh-day Adventist Christian school. Why? It doesn't make sense. It defies logic to me. It just defies logic. My son is, and 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 and, and you know, again, he, he's not perfect, but but he's still actively involved with his church. And he said to me, Dad, when I sit in Sabbath school with the people who didn't go to other Adventist schools, he says, I know much more than they do. Yeah. I just know just because I went to Adventist school, right, right, just because right, I lived in your home, right. just because I've seen it and heard it all my yeah. life. I, I took it for granted when I was a child, mm -hmm. but now I realize how much more I know. Mm -hmm. um, and they look to me for leadership. He says, man, my, my life isn't where it should be. I'm not sure I can provide leadership right now. Mm -hmm. But he said, I know. You know, I heard um, 
I don't know if it was Pat Robertson, you know, 700 Club. Yeah. Because you know, he's in his late 90s. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about Loma Linda. Yeah. He did. He brought it up, like, you know, awesome. the, the, how the, the care. The care is amazing. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. And, you know, I just think about that. Loma Linda mm-hmm. and what they produce and what yeah. you know, the health and yeah. the education. Yeah, the education is amazing. It's amazing. You're in that hospital. Yeah. The care that you get, the doctors don't yeah. stop he went there. until. He went there. He went there for they his don't care. Stop until yeah. they make sure yeah. that you're uh, okay when you leave. And I was like, you know, I was just, it cracked a smile on my face. Like, wow, that's nice. Yeah, I don't know what Linda, you know? I mean, nothing against Pat Robinson, but I know sometimes yeah, yeah, he can be controversial. Right. Yeah, but just to say that was something wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, I had another question about you. You've had people that have actually pulled out from your school. Yeah, for sure. And I know you said in one of your sermons that you'd make a point to go visit that family. Yeah. How is that resolved for you? I, I can't say that the, the visitation in the home has had them put their kids back in our school. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to have that personal touch. Yeah, you this, yeah. For, for, the, for, for, the, for the students and the parents to know that they were cared for mm-hmm. and that they're missed and that they would be wanted back. Mm-hmm. I think it's important because that is the, um, the message that we get from God. Mm-hmm. That even when we leave, He's always reaching out to bring us back. And so I don't want it to just be gone and say, okay, they're gone, let's move on. Mm -hmm. They need to know that I'm going to be there. I'm going to minister to them. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to pray over their children. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray for God's protection in whatever school they're going. Because I'll make it quite plain that they're they're making a a choice that puts their children in the devil's ground. Mm -hmm. And I will pray for the Lord's blessing on them Mm -hmm. while they step into dangerous territory Mm -hmm. so that they can be saved. Mm-hmm. Because again, my, my, my overall obsession with my students is to see them in the kingdom of heaven. That, that I, I live, I, 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 I pray for that and live for that every single day. Mm-hmm. 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 So I have another question for you now. Um, the youth that I know, there are some youth that I know who have gone through K through 12 and now they go to Adventist institutions for college. Mm-hmm. Their first thing is, I'm living in a bubble. I don't want to live in a bubble. I don't know anything else outside of this Adventist world. What would you say to them? You know, when I was a kid growing up, I, I paid my way through high school and most of college working at a place called Twixwood Nursery in Berrien Springs. Mm-hmm. And it's the largest ground cover nursery in the Midwest in the United States. And I was production foreman there um, as a kid growing up, starting in high school. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we, we, would, we would grow plants. Mm-hmm. But you know, when we, when we grew those plants so that they'd be ready to plant in somebody's garden, mm-hmm. they grew up in an entirely controlled environment. Mm-hmm. You know, we would take the cuttings and we would set them up just right. And then we would dip the cuttings in, in, in a special softener before we put them in the soil. And then the, the soil itself was entirely artificial soil. It wasn't dirt from the ground. Okay. It was it was a mixture of perlite, which is that little those little uh, white crunchy things yeah. you see, and peat moss, mm-hmm. and 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 then um, then then the the leftover stuff that they made that they planted mushrooms in, mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff to make this perfect environment. So when you you plant, put those little cuttings in the soil, mm-hmm. they would have a better chance of germinating and being strong. Mm-hmm. 
okay? Then we put them into a greenhouse where we controlled the, so that they got the exact amount of moisture that they needed. Mm -hmm. so, that, so, so, so that they had a good environment. We controlled the temperature. We controlled everything so that when it was time to to let those um, those plants out and plant in the garden, they would be ten times more likely to be successfully germinated than if you just took a a, a, a cutting off that plant and stuck it to the garden. Right, yeah. garden. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they're absolutely right. They're being prepared to be stronger than the other plants that are out there in the world because our expectation is they're gonna grow bigger, better, stronger, and be, be more virulent and capable in the world than the, the, the people who are just stuck into the filth that the world is and expected to germinate and do yeah, well. Bad and so I, I, I've, I've told my children and other kids that, that, that same thing. Look, you're gonna get out in the world soon enough. Mm -hmm. Get strong while you're in the greenhouse mm -hmm. so that when you're planted you can be strong enough to stand on your own grow and be firm and fill the world full of beautiful beautiful plants mm. rooted in the word oh. rooted in the word <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all that is absolutely rooted in the word yeah because they want to tumble over the slightest wind or whatever yeah and that's that i found that's a big journey for me specifically because my my one of my daughters is in Adventist education right now in college and you see get I get to meet all of her friends and you start to see the different walks of life that they've had but sure. they're all in they're all there at school and they are surrounded by professors that pray for them every time yep. they go to school every class they're in they're prayed for and they're just like, oh, but the world is so much better. You know, we could go and do this, we can go and do that. But it's always someone to bring them back and say, you know what, let's not do that today. Let's try this. Let's make sure that we are on a different path. And I see the influences around them. But their idea is that, you know, this world looks more enticing and we can be more professional if we do this and we do it that way but then we start to see the way that they're being trained mm -hmm. with every class that they take i start to see how it molds them to be a whole person right. not just academic brightness it's every aspect of their life yeah. is being molded and shaped as they're in these institutions and i understand that they probably won't understand that until they come out but I just see how Adventist education is really something as a parent, you have to have a faith journey with it because it is difficult sometimes. It's expensive. And it's expensive. <laughs> and sometimes you don't know where the money is coming right. from, but you just do it because you just, as you say, you want them just to be able to see God's face at the end of it. And, and you know, when I was a kid growing up, there was a book. I don't know if you remember the little golden. They were called the golden back books, and they had sort of yes. a gold gold. But yeah. there was the, yes. the and, and they, they they I don't know if they still make those, but they were pretty popular back in the day. And there was one about Scuffy the tugboat, and this little boy had a little a little, a little toy boat that he played in the bathtub, mm -hmm. and this little boat um, hated just being in the bathtub. He thought I'm made for bigger things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so one day the little boy and, and his dad, who was described as the man with the polka, polka dotted tie were playing with a little tugboat in, in a little stream, a little tugboat decided to escape. Mm 
And so the little tugboat took off in a stream and went down and the dad and the little boy were chasing after, but the stream was fast enough. It got away. And then he ended up in a big river and that was really scary. And then it ended up going through a flood and it described all the scary places it went through. And then it was all by itself on the river at night, you know, with all the mm-hmm. stuff around it. And, and, and finally the little tugboat was absolutely terrified because now the little tugboat was about to go into the open ocean from the river. Mm-hmm. And as it was about to go into the open ocean from the river, at the end of the pier was the little boy and the man with the polka dot tie. <laughs> and they grabbed the little tugboat. And then from there on, the tugboat was happy just to be in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's a, a great cautionary tale. And, and listen, I remember going to the scuffy the tugboat stage as, as, as a person and thinking, man, I want bigger and better and I, mm-hmm. I want all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you realize that you're safer in God's bathtub mm-hmm. than out there in the world, but you've got to be in the bathtub first. A lot of parents want to throw their kids out into the world thinking they're going to be out here eventually, but then they never gain an appreciation of this is what I want to go back to. And so, you know, sometimes our kids, listen, my my kids are not making perfect decisions right now. They're making a lot of good decisions, but Mm -hmm. not every one of them makes me proud. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But they also know where to come back to. They know what dad stands for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know what my life turned out to be as right. a result. Right. And and so, you know, I pray, and, and, and in my mind, in that story, that I'm, I, the man with the polka dot tie for me represents God. Yeah. He's going to be at that pier just before you head, head off the end, and he's going to grab you because only then sometimes are you ready to go back to the bathtub. Mm. We've got to go through that experience yeah. to be ready. So true. Yeah. So true. I think... So I'm going to go and steal yours. <laughs> you talk about rebuilding your altar. Yeah, yeah, that was powerful. That was powerful. I mean, let's speak a little bit more. And it was after the Azure had the fire came down, burned through all, yeah. all the. Well, I think it burned all through the ground, all the way, all the way yeah. to the ground. And then you talked about well, my comedy. You talk about the fire issue. And I say, can you mention rebuilding your altar of God and stuff like that? How do you rebuild your yeah, home? Yeah, how do you? Yeah. Home yeah. When you probably haven't done it all the time. Mm. Well, and, and, and that's where I think that story is so powerful mm. because the altar had been broken down. Mm. It was a place of worship of God mm. in Samaria. Mm. And it, so, you know, some commentators think that Jezebel had it torn down. Mm. And so we took those stones torn down by Jezebel. And we've got to realize that sometime in our lives, we are the Ahab and Jezebel. Mm. Okay, and that um, we need to recognize that we need to rebuild what may have only been part of our memory of what our parents did. Mm. It may not be part of our personal experience. It may be part of what happened in our childhood that we realize now we need to rebuild in our home. And I'll I'll give you a story from from my life. Um, My wife was raised quite differently from me, and I was raised, as I said, in a a priestly home. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we always did in my home is is we ate supper together as a family. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then in the United States, (laughs) what do we do? Yeah. My my wife was cooking food and giving it to our kids, and they went to the bedroom. Now, when my wife grew up, it was just her and her mother. Her dad had passed away. Mm -hmm. Her brother had passed away. It was just the two of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and and then my wife's mother was working at the time. So this is not saying anything but it wasn't part of my my, my life's experience mm-hmm. she didn't grow up with a nuclear family right. and, and finally i said no we're not going to do it this way 
we're going to eat together at the table, one meal a day, and all the cell phones and everything stay in the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have worship together as a family, mm-hmm. and we're going to eat together as a family. Now, my family, my father was Irish, my mother was German, mm-hmm. but in an Irishman's family, you can talk about anything at the table. That's right anything okay <laughs> anything and so it was a table where we could discuss it we could talk about sex at the table and and, and marriage and and, mm. and life and decision making but all those everything and anything they, they could ask me any question and they know i'd give them the best honest answer i was capable of giving at the time mm. or i could say i don't know we'll talk about it tomorrow i've got to go and research that one mm. and so we would eat together and then my wife said well what if the kids have friends home then they're coming to supper too, too. <laughs> okay? And they can be part of the conversation right. and they'll become part of my family. Mm-hmm. And my kids still look back and remember, that's one way that you can rebuild the altar, mm-hmm. okay? And that time my kids still look back on it. And you know what? Mm-hmm. They're going to do the same thing when they're married. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying, we're going to eat together as a family at the table. My son has a four-month-old. My daughter's going to be having a child in, in the end of December. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're going to implement those things, okay? Friday night worship. We, we, my family has a very specific way. My wife didn't appreciate it when we were first married. It was too new to her. It took her a while to get used to it. But my, my, my family, we sit around and we sh- would share what happened in the week and what yeah, we appreciated yeah. and what we didn't and our, our struggles and our successes. And then we would say the, 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 the shepherd psalm and repeat the, the fourth commandment together as a family. And then we would sing um, a, a song. Now, my, my parents' family, we used to sing Day is Dying in the West, which well, yeah, is a real yeah. old one. And I learned how to play it on my guitar. We would sing Day is Dying in the West. And my mm-hmm. kids knew. My kids knew that. And But those traditions or the way you rebuild your altar, there needs to be those traditions in your family mm-hmm. that when when things are bad, those are things you miss and you want to go back to. Yeah. And, and, and so... A problem with modern life right now is we're ignoring important family traditions that our children can return to as times where they felt safe and loved and appreciated within family. My children's friends who who ate uh, ate supper with us still 10, 15 years later will say, we loved having supper at your house. Nice. We missed it. Um, you know, when, 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 when I lived in Nashville, there was a group of kids that were regularly there. And um, then we left Nashville and some of those kids actually wept on mm. Friday night because they missed being at the Stevenson's home, eating supper with the family because they were from broken, dysfunctional homes. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't have that anymore and they missed it and they longed for it. Mm. And so those are the ways we rebuild that altar mm. that has been broken down that we, we carve out time where family time spent with God is important. Mm-hmm. And God is part of our family and our discussion. And we do it together. And it, it binds us to God, but also binds us to each yeah. other. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's very important. So what would you say to families that are dispersed now because their children are older, mm-hmm. so they're not in a home, and they're trying to rebuild an altar now? That, that's really hard because that's kind of the stage I'm in. You know, I went from being, you know, a, a very busy boarding school principal mm-hmm. with kids in and out of my house constantly, which I absolutely love, to all of a sudden empty nest. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you have to be um, very deliberate. But uh, another thing that you can start doing from there too is start inviting other people in. Mm. to what you're doing or getting involved in a church ministry Mm. that gets you in with a family or a group of people 
you know, every morning now before I go to work, I take my wife in my arms, not just sitting down, not just, I take her in my arm and I'm a big guy and she's a little smaller than me. I literally engulf her <laughs> and I hold her in my arms and we pray for our family and our children. Together. Yeah. So the altar changes a little bit, mm-hmm. but you've got to say that this is what we're going to do. And sometimes we've had a, a terrible argument mm-hmm. and I, I, I still come in and she may not want to. And I take her in my arms <laughs> and I feel her melt because I'm stronger than she is. She'll get in the way. And I corner her and I take her in my arms. I say, no, no, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And, and she melts when we pray. And we're able to sort things out. We're able to talk things out. And the Holy Spirit softens hearts and, 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 and does some healing. It's important to do that. So the altar changes as, as your venue and as your age changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to make sure that you've got a time, at least a time. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, part of our altar is we walk our dogs together. We've got yeah. two little dogs. And, and one of them particularly likes long walks. I mean, little Chase, I would take him up and down the Appalachian Trail and he still wouldn't be tired. And he's wow. just 15 pounds. Wow. I mean, you know, I take him for an hour walk every day. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife doesn't want to walk for an hour, but we call about a third of the way through and there's like an area where we connect and we walk with her and the other dog who doesn't like to walk as much. We walk together. We talk about the kids and the day and we pray together and that's how we end our day. So that's how we start and end our day. So the, the altar can look differently depending on your family dynamic, but... I take my cell phone with me on the walk just so I can call her to connect. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking together, oh yeah, that's I, I, I can I can get a call from the president of the United States, and I'm not picking up. <laughs> get home, and the dogs are off the leash and have drank their water, and my wife's gone back to doing whatever she was doing. Then I'll call people back. But but that that time is sacred. That's wonderful. Awesome. Come awesome. up in the foundation layer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Lay that foundation. I tell you. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I don't think we have time. Yeah, that's it. Just <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so let's end with um, school. Yeah, let's end school. Um, well, school is what next? We're starting a week from Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, on on Monday this week, we're starting the first week of pre-week with the teachers. We've mm-hmm. got some things to, to to get sorted out before school starts. First aid and CPR training, and yeah. got some schedules. I, I I'm not the kind of principal who does a schedule and hands it out to the staff. Okay. I like the whole staff together and work on the schedule together. Of course. Um, cool. that, that way, if there's a, a wrinkle on the schedule that's difficult for people to handle. They realize that we all made it together and they understood the why, why it's there right. as opposed to I'm doing it by myself. So it builds team and helps us buy into it better. So we've got some of that stuff to do and I need to give my teachers time to get their classrooms ready. Okay. Um, then school starts on Monday and uh, a week from Monday. And, uh, and it looks like our enrollment's going to be up. Okay. Uh, yeah. We have enrolled a record number of new students yeah. and that's great. Um, okay. So uh, we will we will see. We have some classes that are ready full, and we mm-hmm. have to start waiting lists to get mm-hmm. in. Nice. So that you is. know, we'll see. Um, awesome. Since you have the variant course now spreading, in there, yeah. Um, how's your school getting prepared for that now? Now, now, what we did, and we were we were actually ahead, and we've tried to stay ahead of Broward County on this. Mm-hmm. Broward County has already said they're going to start school with masks. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I did the, the, the week before they decided, I already sent a letter home from my parents saying mm-hmm. we're going to start the school with masks um, while they're indoors. Mm-hmm. When they're outside of recess, they can take them off. Okay. Ultraviolet light and fresh air kills the virus. But yeah, when they're nice. outside, we, we already have in place um, disinfecting protocols that we were using during COVID, which we're not going to stop doing. Mm-hmm. And then we have actually purchased um, 
HEPA filters with UV light um, uh, uh, attachments that will circulate the air in the classroom twice every hour. Okay. That will kill all viruses, bacteria, molds, funguses, everything that's going through the classroom okay. uh, uh, to, to keep things as clean as possible. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to be eating lunch uh, communally in the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. There'll be no hot lunch, actually, and until we get this sorted out. And uh, so they'll be eating in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. um, so, so because when you're eating is probably the dangerous time because they are spits yeah. flying. Go, yeah. And so <laughs> if, if, if somebody gets sick, it will just be uh, hopefully uh, just one class rather than the entire yeah. program. Gotcha. So, um, so we'll be watching that. Or we will still be checking temperatures before kids go in mm -hmm. to school. We have asked parents to please, if there's anybody sick in your entire home, don't send your child right, to school. Right, right. And, and that's going to continue. And so hopefully we'll be okay. I mean, the, the, the new variant is very contagious, but it's not as deadly as COVID-19. Mm. Um, now, the, there's quite a few people have been hospitalized because mm. of it. Yeah. But, but, it but, but, but its mortality rate is lower. Okay. Even though more kids are getting it mm -hmm. than, than COVID-19, the mortality rate's pretty low and, and very low for kids. Um, and, and I think it's generally understood, not just by me, but most people now, that it is worse for the kids on so many levels, not having in, them in the classroom, mm -hmm. than, than the potential of getting... COVID-19 or whatever flu bug is out there. Um, and and I, I've seen, I saw a, a, a terrible downturn in my students' mental health during the COVID-19. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, our eighth grade class had a number of, um, mm. of um, at-risk students in there. Mm. And to see how they had, their mental health had deteriorated when they came back for graduation was heartbreaking. Mm. And so uh, we don't want to see that happen again. Yeah. And, and, and I know that if that happened to our school, that's happened across the board. Of course. And so we need to get our kids together. I required all of my students to get back in the classroom the last quarter of school. And uh, just because the last quarter is the hardest time to teach kids anyway. Mm -hmm. And if we were doing it online, we may as well just pack it up. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so we had them back in the classroom. And when school ended, the majority of the students were actually in tears. They didn't want to go back home. Mm -hmm. They wanted to stay in class. They wanted to stay together. They wanted to stay with their peers. Mm -hmm. They will, you know, and for, for some of our students, unfortunately, they wanted to be where they were safe. And home isn't the safest place for some of our kids, unfortunately. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. awesome. I saw the video of the setup in the classes. Mm -hmm. So it looks very, yeah. very nice. I mean, the video you want to see, I think it's the most recent. Video. Yeah, the yeah, most yeah, recent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Setup, setup is nice. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to reduce the amount of students in the classroom? We haven't. We haven't. Okay. We, 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 we really can't do that effectively. Mm -hmm. um, I wish we had bigger classrooms, <laughs> but, but we need to have them all in there. Wow. Um, I, I really, I really believe that not not just in Adventist schools, and this isn't just because God's protecting us. Just the science of the virus, the ch kids are going to get sick. Yes, but no one's going to die. Mm. Okay, unless somebody has a really strange underlying condition we're unaware of. Yes, yeah. Um, no one's going to die from this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, just like any flu season, we just got to get ready for a few people getting sick. That's true. You know, we just got to be. 
and, and just do the best we can with it and, and keep everybody as safe as we possibly can. But I think the protocols we put in place are going to help. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be foolproof. Nothing is. No. But we can't go back to socially isolating people, mm-hmm. um, both for their mental health, but also for the economy of the country. Yeah. We'll destroy the world's economy. Then we'll be all living on the streets. Yeah. And, and, and that'll be worse than the potential of catching the virus. Mm-hmm. So, Um, Principal Steve, I want to thank you. I don't know how many times you spoke with him before, but three times? I think three. Yeah, I think it was the third. Yeah. I, I, I do have to mention, mention about, I think it was first sermon. You mentioned you were African American? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I just couldn't do it with laugh when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, it, and I understand. It does the confuse the yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fourth generation white African. So. I, I just, when you said that, <laughs> when you said that, like, okay, cool, right? I got it. I got uh, it. Right? All right. But we want to thank you for your time. But once again, it's always a blessing. And I know the school year is going to be great and wonderful because it's the world's greatest blessing. Oh, I don't know about that, but I try. <laughs> I think they think you are. And that's a good thing about it. So as always, uh, we have to ask our speaker to lead up in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much uh, for this program that, uh, that spread, puts a personal face on the people who preach your word. Yes. I just pray, Lord, please, that... Um, that we recognize that um, we're only as good as you are in our lives and that we will open our hearts completely to you and allow you to wash us, clean us, straighten us out and pull us to your kingdom through your love and by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we got some birthdays. We have birthdays, yeah. We have Danielle Allen, who's on the 1st of August. Akeem. Second, he can't leave us and have a birthday. And have a birthday, look at that. <laughs> and then we got Don Curtis, oh, he's cool. on the fifth. Yes, and Fabian Dazur. He didn't leave for Africa yet. No, he's still around. He's still here, Don he Curtis. Went back. He went to Africa and now he's, and he, yeah, he's, and he's, he's, he's going to go back again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he's, he said he's going to be gone for good after that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's they're, they're neighbors of mine, they just yeah. live around the corner. Yeah, Don Curtis is a good guy. That's it. All righty. Well, mm-hmm. that, as always, give a shout Happy out. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to all. Mm-hmm. And we want to thank um, podcast listeners once again mm-hmm. for just taking that time out to listen to every word, every sermon, whatever comes out, they be blessed about. And as always, any questions, comments you may have, please send it via WhatsApp, 954-388-8780. And I believe that's it. That's right. Principal Stevenson, thank you. Thank you. And blessings to you. Blessing. And Don, once again, you can believe me. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Listen to that part on, on, on the Ice Age. I will. <laughs> the sloth. It's the sloth that said it. <laughs>